everyone and welcome to Beyond the Ball with me, Colly. This week I am joined by Connor. Connor, what's correct? What's, what's the story? And Paddy. Paddy, how's things? Yo. Uh, lads, we're joined by probably our biggest guest of the podcast so far, uh, in my opinion. Anyway. Uh, he's a former Pats player, former Birmingham City player, and a former Irish international. We are joined by Mr. Keith. Keith, how's things? Good. Good. Thanks for that introduction. Do you like it? <laughs> he says it every week. Don't mind him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Keith, uh, at the start of every podcast, we do the same thing because we're not talented enough to switch it up. So we're going to stick with it. And um, we're going to take us into the question section, which is questions sent in by our followers on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So I'm going to take us into the question section. <laughs> impressive isn't it the i don't know why i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> don't be nervous it's fine it's fine uh right so i'll jump on to the first question which was sent in by mac attack 241017 uh what's your biggest achievement in football what would you put that one down to yeah biggest achievement in football probably getting uh and playing in the premier league playing for ireland scoring for ireland winning a major trophy in england um and getting there, I was probably after not um, making a success out of it when I was a child, when I was away, like coming back and going back as well. Like so, the whole yeah. journey really, like, and getting to the top, like, yeah. And it is, yeah. it is something that you see a lot of where players go over. They but they kind of lose, lose a little bit of heart when they come back, and they they kind of settle there. But you kind of went on and went forward, and then ended up going back over and had a really kind of successful career over there. So um, yeah. it's kind of it takes a lot of kind of. What would you say is the pedigree for someone to do that? Is it just like desire to do that, or I personally myself, um, having not done so well as as a young fella being away and having messed up and that myself, um, the drive was to show like that I am good and I am important and all that. So it was a good drive um, to get there, like a lot of uh, self determination and stuff like that. So, yeah, 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 and obviously uh, skill. Yeah, that helps as well. Uh, right, so we'll move on to the next one. Um, Connor, we'll go to you. Yeah, so John Gal 5 sent in, how would you describe the feeling of lining out for your country during the national anthem uh, and playing the actual game itself? So maybe you want to go back to maybe your, your first appearance or your first cap. What was the, the emotions? Yeah, um, what was it like? I remember just being focused and just looking at the flag as you do and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, just kind of, I'd always be thinking, anyway, getting ready for the game. Look, I hope I do okay, that I'll stay in around the squad and stuff like that. I remember being in the Irish squads, um, I just didn't want to be left out of the next one. So all the while, while I was there, I couldn't say it was an absolute brilliant uh, experience because I put so much pressure on myself to make sure I was in the next squad like that. I couldn't really enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Um, but like that, I could go through all the cliche stuff, wearing the green jersey and all that sort of stuff that I usually do when I get uncomfortable when I start saying that. But uh, where I was at when I played for Ireland, it was a difficult time, like you know. Um, but again, it was the the top of uh, my game as well. So yeah, it's like at times now looking back on it, I kind of pinch myself. Even the Carling Cup was last week, and I kind of someone had to remind me that I had won it, like with Bernie. So. Yeah, um, a bit surreal at times looking back, like, you know. And what was the moment like when you found out that you were getting your first cap, when you were being brought into a squad even? Like, we always hear yeah. things about like players getting text messages or phone calls or, like, Pico finding out on LinkedIn he was called up today. Yeah. Right, yeah, I think I remember um, people were obviously, like, when a player's doing well and haven't been in before, like, the papers kind of push it a little bit, and that was the case with me a little bit. I know he was kind of, I was only away, not um, not so long, probably less than a year, I think, as I recall, and um, I think I was out there on a bit of shopping that day, and someone uh, rang me to tell me that I was, um, I was in the squad, and it was great. But in, like instinctively, I just started thinking, oh, I hope I'm in the next squad, like you know. So, and then while I was in the squad, you're just trying to trying to get on and get your debut. I think um, I remember coming on in uh, the RDS for Damien Duff, um, and yeah, and then I didn't look back really. I, I stayed in around the squads and 
like international football for the, the short time I was involved and it was really good to me, like, you know. Pretty good. Um, right, so I'm going to move on to the next one, Paddy. Okay, Jerry underscore Desmond underscore SRFC. How important is your faith to you now and was there one big moment in your life that you just decided it was for you? Yes, I love this question, Jerry. Um, how important is my faith? Well, I'm holding rosary beads here as I'm speaking, like, you know, um, and was that one big moment? Um, yeah, like, there was a lead up of small moments that led to kind of me not having uh, any place to turn but to, to God, like, you know what I mean? So my faith is so important to me. It's the most important thing in my life. It's all I have, really, like, you know, so. Um, and is, yeah. it, is it a new thing for you? Is it only lately you've taken it up? In the last few years, um, yeah, I was left with no kind of option, you know, mm-hmm. and I just now when I give up the kind of the fight that I was fighting, um, I looked after when I stay in uh, in a relationship with God and stuff like that. I go to church, I, I, I have uh, private prayers and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and meditations through scripture and, and, and all that, and I try and spread the word as much as I can, like, you know, so that's... Uh, Really important to me. Jerry, I think, is is, uh, is on Instagram and he does encourage me through messages and stuff, which is all very, very, very helpful because I think we're all here to encourage each other in whatever area we need to be growing in. Yeah. So, so you found a great community there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, um, support network and stuff like for good support network, good people. Um, and I just like, I know, like, having played football. And lived the way I lived in the past. It was like my spirit was dead. Like you know what I mean. And, right. and you know now, the byproduct of how I live now, how I try and live now, is uh, is a bit of peace and a bit of self control and all that. And um, I didn't have that in the past. Like you know. So yeah, I'm very grateful. And yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. And you just want to share it with others. Like you know, it's um, yeah, it's probably. Go, uh, go beyond the realm of this conversation but yeah, yeah i found a way to live that uh, brings peace and joy and happiness and freedom to make choices that I wasn't able to do in the past like you know amen to that all they're looking for in yeah. life doesn't it yeah um just uh, just sticking on that uh because obviously I, I follow you on instagram and stuff like that um i see you've visited a lot of them places kind of over in i know I'm going to yeah, say yeah. the wrong place, so there's no point in me even trying to say it. So tell us a bit about, like, you going over there and where you went and stuff like that, because I love the whole yeah. history of it. The history of it is brilliant. Like. Yeah, so I went over to the Holy Land um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, booked it over Christmas, and went uh, went to see where Jesus was born, where he was crucified, where he taught a lot of his teachings, uh, performed miracles, all that, healed the sick, healed the blind, and... Um, in these places, like and, and went over on a pilgrimage with a group, and it was mass every day. Um, got to see and got access to the most holiest uh, places on earth. Like we weren't rushed in and rushed out because tourism properly hasn't started there yet. Uh, and we're just very lucky, like you know, very lucky. It was a great crack as well. It wasn't all our father who had in heaven. Like it was, yeah, it, yeah. It was great crack to be had. Like you know. Um, and it was just a great trip, yeah. One of major downers since coming home, to be honest. Question yeah. where I'm going, what I'm doing in life and stuff. So, um, yeah, I just felt it on my heart to go. Like, um, I was there, um, and I'm not sure what year, maybe under 15s, under 16s with Brian Kerr. Actually, we, we played a tournament over there, and we got yeah. to around the church of the Holy Sepulchre, like where Jesus would have been crucified and stuff. And we were in there, but um, only briefly. So it was great to go back. And like that, I, I get stuck into the Bible. And um, yeah, and and it's just great to go somewhere uh, where these things actually happened. Like whether you believe yeah. or not, it's another thing. Historically, this man walked the earth. And did these things like you know so yeah the, the, the whole thing about the the belief side of it whatever you whatever you choose yourself but I just think even the history of the place and the stories of the the places that you you visited I just think are are, are brilliant like I'm just yeah because I, I was in I was in the Vatican before and I went yeah. there and just even just being in the Sistine Chapel and stuff like that and just knowing the history of the places it was I just found it was unbelievable absolutely yeah you know um, right yeah go ahead. 
Right, Sherlock, we'll uh, we'll move on because we have we do have a good few questions on, but we will we will we might touch back onto that there in a while. So yeah. uh, I'll move on to the next question, which was sent in by PE Graham Four. So, would you have any interest in getting back into coaching or managing in football? No, I tell you why. Um, PE Graham Four and anyone else who's interested in here, and like that, people will go straight into going. It's an awful waste, but it's an awful waste. Um, of my time and all that, like I was put so much time into football through my life. I kind of, when civilians are going to work and coming home, like if I'm going to coach kids or, or whatever, like we start at night, I'm just still not involved in society and still not involved in the real world. Like, you know what I mean? So um, I wouldn't say I, I, I'm not going to go back into football at all. Maybe I will in, the, in a different area. I'm not sure, but... It's just very time consuming time consuming, like it is, especially in this country, like it's um you're expected to do an awful lot of it for nothing as well, like you know, yeah. and it's just um yeah, it's not something I see myself doing going forward. I was coaching for a little while and I'd have a very different outlook on how to do things, you know, which doesn't suit the um the yeah. manual per se, like you know, um and you're not given a chance then because people see it as a threat and all that sort of stuff. They don't want you near. So look, uh, through the lockdowns, I kind of seen um, that it's not for me, and I just decided to let go of it. And thank God I did. Like that, I'm seen by people nearly as keep the footballer, and I'm not like, do you know what I mean? And keep the person, like you know. So I've let let go of it. Thank God. And uh, it's like to start something new and recreate myself as well, like you know, with a bit of meaning, a bit of purpose. Um, because that's where I get like the stuff that I couldn't get in the past. I get all the pats on the back of people and all. It was all very short term and it didn't last. It didn't really give me what I need. Like so, yeah. I'm looking to do something that has good meaning, good purpose, um, and I sleep well at night and and uh, I'm fulfilling my role. Like I believe I'm here for for something to do. Like you know. Yeah, and you'll definitely find it. Right, well, look, that was a good, that was a good answer. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. So, Connor, on to yourself. Jeez, Jerry's at it again. He loves you. Jerry, Jerry sent it up to you, all right, yeah. I wonder who Jerry supports as well with the, uh, with the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, a, a big question Jerry's brought up here, and I think we've we've asked yeah. a few people about this so far, as many footballers do suffer with their mental health. Would you have any advice for, for young footballers? And I would even add to Jerry's thing and say, especially the path of we've had, obviously, Gav Hoolan and stuff on, who has gone up gone across, suffered a knock, come back like yourself. Like, what advice do you have for people who maybe aren't in the same headspace you were at that stage? Yeah, look, I, I had my own struggles as well. I think everyone struggles with mental health. Like, I don't think it's just one area and, and stuff like that. It's just, I think we all struggle a little bit with something. Um, I know in the past, I was so um, harsh on myself. Like, you know, I believe the lawyers that my head would tell me at times, like, that I'm not good enough, I'm not wanted. I'm a failure, all that type of stuff. I don't believe it now, even like, and um, we stay close to the word of God, like, and, and that tells me that I'm loved unconditionally, regardless of what anyone says to me, like, you know, or what, what even I do, like, I'm forgiven, like, uh, over and over and over. So, like, any advice, like, if I was a, a young Keith Fahey again, which I get asked regularly, and um, what, what would I say to that, to that child? I'd say, look, um, um, do you need some help? Do you want help? I'd kind of gravitate, I'd encourage people to gravitate to someone that they trust and ask questions like, um, and don't be afraid to be different, like, you know, don't be afraid to be different. Everyone's caught up with fitting in and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. growing up in society now, it's like if you don't fit in, um, you're not cool or whatever it is. And like that, I just, there's another way to live like that people are forgetting, like, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, I just I'd encourage people to talk as well and in the right um environment. Like I wouldn't just start talking to anybody, like you know, some people don't want to hear it. And um, yeah. encourage people to talk and trust and um seek a bit of help as well, like a bit of therapy what um and encourage people to exercise, all that, trying to eat well and sleep well. It's um but it's I, I get it, like it's not always easy because um, when you do suffer with mental health or whatever, in my experience, it can it can really really isolate you. Like you know, it can yeah. really isolate you. So, um, yeah. So, so, so finding finding someone close, I suppose that you trust is is a massive thing, isn't it? Just they can be your anchor, nearly. Like 
It is. It's it's important. It's important. But again, if you're growing up and you don't have any good support network around you as well, it's very hard to find your feet. Like you get lost. You get lost growing up, and you can. Yeah. Like, I was lost growing up myself. I had no security. I had no self esteem and all that sort of stuff. And it's not a good way to be in the world because you you're frightened. You're afraid. You don't trust people and all that sort of stuff. And it, it's just yeah. not Thank good. You. We had a couple of guests on now, and I just want to touch on. I suppose you live a unique. You live. You've lived a unique youth in in terms of being a professional footballer. So you're taken away from your home, and you're sent to clubs. And we've heard from a good few players now saying that there's no real support structure there, other when you're training and playing matches. Do you feel that there's enough? There was enough there that you're you're talking about talking to people that maybe you trust about mental health, health issues and stuff like that. Are those channels there within football clubs and within football in general to, for the help you need I, I would say they are like honestly like, that's just my opinion I would say they are they are there if you seek them like when I was growing up um, I was messing about and I didn't want to share it with people like I, I didn't want I was coming home from England drinking my head off and going back thinking it was okay like and hiding yeah. it and all that so uh, I wasn't ready to be honest about what was going on so um, I'm sure if I'm sure in this day and age that there is uh, avenues within football clubs. There's always someone that you can turn to. Like I hope anyway that is not going to judge you and help you find your way. Like you know, I think a lot of, a lot of times as well, a bit of pride gets in the way of someone saying, "Look, I, I need a bit of help here." Like, you know, because we all become very good at, at masking things and hiding things and saying the right things to uh, to fit in and all that, and then you're going home thinking, "Hold oh, on." But that, I don't actually think that. Right? Well, that's for everyone. That's for grown men, grown women, and all that sort of stuff. So, look, I would just encourage um, encourage kids or, or young footballers or anyone growing up um, to try and get a good community of support around you and, um, yeah, and open up in a trusting environment and stuff, yeah. And that's all. I'm not an expert either. Like, I just know the, the battle I went through was within myself, like, you know, and I found once I started to trust someone and open up and um, I started to heal, like, you know, I started to heal. Talking is massive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Talking and, and receiving as well that whatever's being said, receiving on the other end is massive as well because if it's not the right person or the right environment, it won't be taken well and it can leave you feeling very, very raw, like, you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Right, well, we'll like, you talk about mental health as well. There's emotional health as well is is a, is a sneaky one that people don't see. Like it's it's uh, your emotional health can be can be damaged. Your spiritual health, I believe, is the most important thing. That's in my experience. When I sought my spiritual health out, the the mental and the emotional, the physical doesn't seem so badly. You know, like, it really doesn't. When you say when you say like uh, like spiritual like for for people that like don't understand what you're saying there is that more like a, a being okay in yourself and how you feel about yourself is that what you mean by that or like um, how would you describe what you what you mean there? Well, what I mean is not going to be popular. It's not going to be popular. Like it's yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, Jesus Christ, Son of God, uh, yeah. Holy Spirit. Um, like that's like what I stay close to because I'm well when I stay close to the truth. Like I'm yeah. not infiltrated by the lawyers and all that sort of stuff. So um that's what I mean when I when I say be spiritual health like and okay. like yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, let's uh, like I suppose you say there a lot of people aren't gonna like this, but even people that don't have faith, like people have dirty, I suppose, the, the Catholic Church and stuff. The actual book itself and the meaning behind it is all good it's all positive you know it's, it's treat each other right you know love each other at the whole shebang and um, so, there's, so there's nothing i suppose to think what like people i suppose it's the people within it the greedy people that have made it bad and um, so i think it's actually a, a nice thing to have faith even if you don't believe in it other people don't believe in it you know it's... yeah look it's the only thing i have really at the end of the day you know it really is and it's a lot some people don't have that yeah. Right. Well, look, we'll we will move on because, like, like I said, we've like we've a good few questions here. So, um, Paddy, is it you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So on on a lighter note. Okay. So Scott four four seven. Who's the best player and team that you've? Uh, sorry. Who's the best player and team that you've played with and against? Sorry, that's my favorite. Um, 
the best player and the best team that I played with and against. Yes. The yeah, best player I, I say I played with was probably Stephen Carr. And I say that because he looked after me when I was in Birmingham. Uh, he was our captain and he was brilliant. Uh, with a great Solid defender, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. He was. Um, the best team we played with, yeah, was probably that team as well. Birmingham yeah. team where we, we finished ninth in the Premier League, which was an all-time... That's the highest team. they've ever finished, isn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. And we won a cup and we got relegated as well. And um, I think that was the best team. Um, Who was the manager played. at the time? McLeish. The manager at that time was Alec McLeish. Right. He signed me from Pats and... Uh, yeah, so he he done great with us as well. Yeah, and um, what was the other question? Sorry, the best team we played against. Or best yeah, player? yeah, player and player and player and team you've played against. Best player I played against. Um, so like, flash in the pan. Like I played against Gareth Bale. I played against Lionel Messi. Like I played against Steven Fine. Gerrard. Like, but <laughs> any good ones though. That's, <laughs> that's a few times. Like I wouldn't say I had like. Week in, week out. Like, if I go back to my Pat days, like, um, when we were playing in the league, uh, Kevin Hunt was brilliant, uh, a brilliant player. Um, Great. Joe Gamble, um, George O'Callaghan, and there were some good players around. Uh, even uh, Glenn Cronin as well was a tough player to play against. There were some good uh, midfielders playing against um, in the Irish League, and he would have been having battles against them week in, week out, rather than, like, I know it played... And some of the best players in the world, like, but I wouldn't go around bragging that I used to play against them, have battles yeah, against yeah, them, yeah. like, you know. Um, yeah, cool, right? So, look, we'll uh, we'll move on to the next one. Like I said, I want to get try to get through these as quick as we can now. So, um, next one, I think it's me, so I'll just jump in with this one. Uh, Jerry, again, uh, if you could change one thing about your career now, looking back, what would it be? We touched on it a little bit already. Um, if you could change one thing. Yeah. About my career, um, I don't think I change anything. Like, if I was going to go in and start changing what's already happened, I think I know best, and I don't like you know, things have worked out, thank God for me, uh, personally. And the way it worked out, going through it, like, if I look back, um, messed up when I, when I was away as a teenager, I came back very disheartened. They actually left Arsenal thinking I'd go somewhere else, went somewhere else and didn't want to go back there. Came back, played in Pats for a bit, got to go away. I got sacked from Drotter as well, like, um, and all the while, like, there was doors closing um, and there was doors opening, people coming in, people moving out of my life and, and around football circles. And I was always kind of shepherded along um, to find my way, like, so... Yeah. Like something I believe, like was looking after me, like people um come into my life, left me life like that, getting sacked. You think, oh no, like what what have I done? And but I went back to Pats and then I began me kind of uh, build up to going away the second time. So uh, I wouldn't change anything. I got to play for Ireland, I got to play in the Premier League. Um and like that, with what was going on internally for myself personally, like for that to happen, it's just it's pinch yourself stuff to think like that actually happened, you know. It's um and like that, I had a fairly modest career in terms of like I didn't spend ten years in the Premier League, I didn't spend um like ten years in the national team, but for for me, for where I'm from, and um, my whole circumstances growing up and all that sort of stuff for me to do what I done was pretty miraculous like you know what I mean yeah, honestly it, yeah. it really was like and uh, used to play for time and bond down the road there that's who um, I play for now <laughs> yeah yeah I played for them like Peter White managed me as, as a child with my dad and, and stuff and um it was just yeah it's I've been blessed like I, I think yeah I think I think even if you look at most of the this the uh, footballers we've had on a lot of them would take your left arm for the career you've had so I think uh, yeah that's off that's off to you yeah. on that one like yeah no I've been I've been very lucky and I'm extremely grateful like and I'm I'm very grateful as well to the teammates that I played with you know that I couldn't really see while I was playing yeah. because I was so stuck in myself like you know 
Yeah, actually, that's that's a nice little segue into our next question here. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, allow, you, I'll allow you to do this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kevin Roach, 11. Who are the best mates in football? And do you keep in contact with any ex-teammates? Now, that's that's an easy question. I don't, I didn't make a lot of, uh, an awful lot of friends in, in football. I have a couple of friends. Adam Rooney's a good friend of mine. Um, Adam's coming out to the podcast, I think, at the end of the season. Is he? I think so, yeah. Adam yeah, lined up to come on, yeah. Tough. Yeah, no, he's a great friend. Um, I've friends that have stayed in touch with, I suppose. Desi Bourne, Matt Quigley, a few of them, Gary Dempsey. Um, yeah, but I didn't like, I never really got really close to people within football circles. It was kind of, um, yeah, I was out there in the big bad world. I'm the only fending for myself, kind of. Um, kept it professional. <laughs> what? Kept it very professional. <laughs> well, you could say that. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, we'll move on to Paddy. Uh, okay, let's go on to the 97. What happened when you went to Aston Villa and why do you think it didn't work out? What happened? Um, oh, my demons, probably, I'd say. When we, I left Arsenal um, as a 16, 17 year old, and um, we had another three years there. I left because I just, I, I was running away for some reason and I left and went to Villa. And after a while, I come home one summer and just didn't want to go back. And then they were phoning, going, you know, we're back training. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. And there were the things I was doing as a young fella, as a teenager. You know, it wasn't the right thing to be doing. And then when I did decide to go back, I was released then a few months later, which my contract was up, like, you know. So mm. that's really what happened there. And that's why it didn't work out. Like, I was playing reserve team football at, at Villa. Uh, for a little bit and I remember John Gregory saying oh look we want you in the first team when you come back next uh, pre-season and mm -hmm. I just I hadn't I wasn't mature enough I wasn't ready uh, that even mention of me playing and getting ready for the Premier League frightened me like you know mm -hmm. uh, so it just didn't work out then like you know I wasn't ready I wasn't uh, it's just like the story many many come home I wasn't good enough I didn't make it or whatever it was like you know uh, it yeah. just didn't work out yeah okay. yeah happens happens uh, right Paddy on is it Paddy onto yourself you. for this one that's me as a sorry uh, pshare85 what is the funniest story from your career oh god um, funniest story of my career there's a lot of um, explicit stories you couldn't share over 18 so you're grand <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, after the watershed now <laughs> funny stories now I, I, I stay away from them because they'll, uh, they'll be saved for them yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> they'll be clipped on TikTok or something <laughs> yeah 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 uh, we'll move on right so I'm just going to yeah. move on to the, to the last uh, question that we ask everyone so this is our last question from this um, if your house is on fire now, bear in mind there's not much damage. Uh, if you run it, you run in and grab two things from your career. What would you be taking from my career? So stuff you've got <laughs> in your house, maybe an old jersey or a pair of football boots. Some might be special to you. Or I say there's a medal or two there as well. <laughs> a couple of medals, maybe. I think it'd be, be uh, to be honest. I, I think it'd be the money I've made from my career. To be honest, uh, like. Uh, I say that, like, I didn't win loads of leagues. I didn't, um, I wasn't put here to win leagues. And, like, I don't see the big, big value in it. Like, you know, so I, that's what I, like, I was very, um, that's how I was, I was driven within the football at some stage or another. I thought, you know what, um, I'm stuck doing this. I can't do anything else. I might as well go and earn a few quid at it. Like, you yeah. know, so that was kind of the drive. And then, like, I look at it from when I went from Pats to Birmingham, like, um, my drive to get to England was, like, 100 mile an hour. And then when I got there, my drive to get another contract and stay within the, within the kind of the first-team squad and all, that was where I was at, like, I think subconsciously somewhere. I thought, like, if I, if I earn a few quid uh, or whatever, I will feel better in myself, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and like that, I'm very grateful. Like at the end of the day, like if it was a jersey, I was more thinking of security, financial security, and all that. Like, yeah. like a jersey medal. I hope you don't that. keep all your money in your house. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. 
Um, but I I wouldn't like um like a jersey's not going to pay me mortgage, etc. etc. Et yeah. You know, I'd be thinking yeah. quite practically in that sense. So um, very good. Yeah. But right. I've got a couple of jerseys. I don't have many jerseys left. I've given a lot to charity and stuff um right. over the years and now the jerseys that I'm kind of giving out are um just kind of ones I have there that are not me main stage, but there's not many left. You know, so sure. I've been very any, any, any jersey you have, Keith, that you said, I'll give some of them to charity, but this one stay with me for forever. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe me, me first Ireland jersey, kind of, maybe yeah. me first Ireland jersey. You know, um, I have a friend, um, so yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll move on to a couple before we go into you just talking about your career. There's a couple of comments in on the yeah, um, yeah I on, just have to remember, and I gave that away. I gave me four style jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Who got I that? Gave it, I gave it to me primary school, um, St. Melrose up the road. St. Melrose, so. I was in St. Melrose. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Very, very good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Built them up or there. So look, I, I bring up a couple of uh, quick comments on the. Um, so we can answer these really quickly, and then we'll jump on to kind of talking a little bit about your career. So uh, AC Clarity, uh, who was your favourite League of Ireland team to play against? Yeah, probably Bowes or Drogheda. I think I used to score a couple of goals against. I used to score against Bowes quite a bit, and Drogheda as well. Um, scored a few against them as well, but um, sure. yeah, too, scored yeah. goal of the season against Bowes back in two thousand and eight. So, love it. Um, right, next one in from Laura Bourne. This is actually Josh. Uh, Josh is with the Shamrock Rovers um, Academy as well. So, did you win much trophies with Birmingham? So, obviously, we know you won the the Carling Cup. We won the Carling Cup, yeah, in two thousand eleven against Arsenal, and. Um, I won a goal of the season there as well. I got a little uh, Smarties <laughs> trophy from me goal of the season as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, so next one then we have is from Liam McDee. If you could go on a night out with three past or present players, who would it be? <laughs> oh, you're going to have to drag me back into the darkness here. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, yeah. yeah. That, that, that could just be a meal as well. It could just be yeah, a meal. Yeah, have nice a conversation meal. with them. A meal. Um Oh, that's a tough one. Three past or present. We'll have to mention have to mention Desi Bourne. Uh, <laughs> Desi be in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Paulo Sam. We had Paulo Sam on the podcast yeah. there near the start. Desi's, Very good he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Johnny McDonald. He's not a footballer. Good, he man. wasn't a footballer I played with, but he was a manager. Yeah. Uh, right, <clears throat> and then the last me, one we have. Give me anyone who's listening who hasn't been mentioned. Forgive me, please. Johnny <laughs> uh, Matt's best... not listening anyway, Keith. Don't worry. <laughs> Johnny's best, not listening. Best pre-game speech by a captain. Pre-game speech. Um, so maybe half-time speech. I remember um, <clears throat> half-time half speech by um, Stephen Carr, I think, among the games. Uh, was very good. I can't remember what game or what exactly he said, but I remember the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, cool. So, look, um, we're going to... Sorry, that one's after I put my cup. Uh, so, look, we're going to just jump back on to, obviously, talking a little bit about your career. So, we're going to just kind of go in t- timeline as we can. So, um, obviously, look, starting off really early, we I always like to start off and talk about, like, how you got into playing football. So, were you this? Were you one of them kids that kind of went out? You were always leaving the house football in hand. You wouldn't leave the house without it, or was it something that you grew into? Like most players, don't have their young underage career documented, but it says here nineteen eighty eight, which would have put you uh, five years of age, uh, and you played for time and bond from five. So um, obviously, that was your type of player. So what were you like as a kid with football? Yeah, football, tennis ball, any sort of. Uh, round object like I would be comfortable knocking it off a wall all day long like everywhere I went I brought a football with me like I'd, um, I just constantly had a football yeah in the house I'd have a tennis ball this used to be the garage uh, utility room when it was raining I'd be in the utility room knocking a tennis ball off the wall and stuff like that before school I'd be up there 20 past eight with a tennis ball first there every morning to play uh, play football and 
yeah, it was it was everything like my football, like I said, I was so comfortable with the ball at my feet and it didn't like it was because uh, I spent a lot of time with it, like you know, I spent a lot of time with, with a football or a tennis ball and it just became uh, natural to me then, like the more I, I spent time with it, I suppose. Um so yeah. And- and just like going from obviously we're talking about you, you've played with Time and Bond there, which is obviously one of our local teams. Um, but then you make the move to Cherry Orchard, and that's when you kind of start getting like the thoughts of scouts and stuff like that. So, what was it like for you moving from Time and Bond over to Cherry Orchard, and kind of what was your journey like even getting over there? Because we know the Lawns is obviously over yeah. in Ballyfermot, and obviously being in Tala, it's a little bit tricky. But how did you manage that one? Yeah, I remember a journey like um, Dave McCarthy scouted me from. Cherry Orchard to uh, to sign me from Time of Bond to Cherry Orchard and I could have signed a couple of years earlier but my dad didn't drive around like that so we waited a couple of years um, and I signed then and I'd get the bus down sometimes as a 13 year old and um, 76 I was terrified getting that bus down but um, yeah he signed me and then um, John Burke then took over then when, when uh, the age kind of rule changed and then I started playing centre mid and stuff like that so yeah it was a kind of big change I was kind of comfortable with time and bomb my dad was there it was just down the road he forced down knocking the ball in the nets and like that and then to go down there where there was like lads from all over Dublin and stuff the standard was a lot higher um, and I didn't I didn't have any confidence either like I was I was so good and I didn't realise it like you know so again yeah, I couldn't yeah. enjoy it really Um. And yeah, yeah, that's when I kind of I had to see other players going away on trial at, at 13, 14. And I started to go like, why am I going somewhere, you know? And that was yeah. kind of the motivation, which didn't really change as I got older. That happened again with Pats. And we seen other lads going away. And I was like, hold on a minute, like, you know? So yeah, yeah it just becomes so, uh, yeah, it's high pressure. Like, even as, as a child, like the pressure I put on myself. Um, was phenomenal, like honest to God, like and that—that's what you seem to do, isn't it? It's you—you you seem like to like just even by talking to you, you always seem to yeah. be looking for the next thing. You're always like the like what's your next goal, and you always seem to have one goal kind of ahead of yourself, and you never kind of catch the goal. Like, is it—is it like—is it? Would you say it's good for someone to do that, or would you say be content where you are, but also kind of don't let the goal burden you as such? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one to answer because like whatever way I process things and, and work them out, like it worked. But although yeah. like living in the moment and all that and, and enjoying it, like that kinda wasn't part of yeah. of the process. Like it was striving to get to where I needed to be and and so yeah, I wouldn't like I, I can't say I regret the way I was, but like haven't enjoyed maybe enjoyed a little bit more um going through it and it's like just a lesson for now like where i'm at i'm seeking to do something new in my life and i'm trying to just remind myself keith just enjoy the journey like you know what i mean relax take the pressure off yourself it's going to work out like so um look it worked out and um yeah whatever way i process things like there was something different about me to to the average kind of players like you know what i mean i did have a drive and i've seen it in one or two lads Yeah. Um, that have coached as well and have seen something different in them that they've a real drive to get to where they need to be like that's what separates the, yeah, the ones that will go on and the ones that won't really that's what I believe so anyway like you know yeah deadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paddy look I'll pass to you there I'll let you get a, a few questions into key there yeah so yeah thanks very much Um, so when you started off in your career you, you first went to England at what age? I went to England at 15, yeah. 15, that, that's a really difficult time, I suppose, to, to leave home. How did you find adjusting to life away from, you know, your family? Yeah, well, to be honest, I, I didn't, like, my security was taken away from me from, from a younger age than that. Like, my, my mother and father broke up when I was seven years of age, and that kind of broke my heart, left me feeling very insecure, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was going away already like that. And um, I, I, um, I ended up kind of finding ways to survive. I would have isolated a lot of my room and stuff in digs. I would have, would have uh, went drinking in the pubs and all at 15. And yeah, um, yeah so I, I found it difficult 
I, I just found it difficult to be in like a family home, people socializing down downstairs and stuff. And I, I wouldn't have been uh, that way inclined, to be honest. Like I was like used to kind of fending for myself and yeah. being very skeptical of people and, and what's going on. And like that, I didn't trust people. So um, that's that's the way I was growing up. Yeah, so I found it very difficult, very difficult there in London. Um, yeah, away from like me, my father, like my dad was was my rock, like really, like, and I was away from him and my brother as well. I was back home, so yeah, um, it was very difficult, like that. I'm yeah. sure it's difficult for anyone, like, but just I can't experience anyone else's kind of experience, like mine was just um, the way it was, and I just found it like it toughened me up, like you know what I mean. Is that they take you on? Do they put you in with a family, or is it a shared house with other players, or how does it work? Yeah, yeah. So I got, I remember going to Arsenal, and I got put in this lovely house, real. Um, it was all antique kind of stuff, and I remember just going in the next day. I says, I'm not staying there, like so. They put me in a different house, and then the same thing happened. And then I was like, looking back now, I was always just wanting to be somewhere else. You know what I mean? I thought I'd be happy yeah. somewhere else, and mm. it just never worked out. And then we found somewhere that there was three, uh, two or three of us in the one house, and it was a, uh, it was not, it was not a good way. You know, like we were up, yeah. up to the pub every, every so yeah, often, yeah. and it wasn't good. Like you know, so yeah. Yeah. This, this is what I was touching on earlier where I suppose the support network for young players getting into football when they have to move abroad, you know, yeah. there would have been better guardrails put in place for you to like see yourself. Could there have been what, sorry, Paddy? Could there, have been, could there have been better guardrails put in place for the likes of yourself as a young kid going over to England, fending for yourself? Because I know you yeah. I was in the same sort of position as you at 15 yeah. years of age. And when you're allowed to go to pub, that's all you do. You just go to pub. Yeah. yeah. And we weren't allowed. <laughs> again i didn't i didn't follow codes of discipline or anything or, or ethics so it was just you know like i'll do what i want to do like kind of yeah. attitude and it wasn't good like it really wasn't good and i wouldn't suggest that any kids going to england or anything like you know so yeah and um, but look we're all very different i suppose in 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 different ways and like I believe as well, like my family kind of home, um, growing up kind of, um, yeah, that's that's where I learned a lot of, of things, not so good things, some good things and stuff, and um, yeah, um, Delhi and and was Arsenal was it a good setup there when you got there? Arsenal, were you like, I've been coming from Ireland, over there and blown away. Arsenal was brilliant, yeah. When when I went there, like um, I used to love Ian Wright, like Ian Wright was my hero. Um, I don't I think maybe just because he enjoyed football so much, like you know, he loved scoring goals. And um, when I went there, he was still there, like there was Dennis Bergkamp, and they were winning doubles, they were playing in Highbury, and they were building a brand new training ground when I was there, like the first proper state of the art training ground in England, yeah. I think. And yeah, in the midst of that, I was coming home here crashing mopeds with no helmet on, drunk, and going back like the elephant man, like thinking, thinking that was normal and lying about it and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, so that's, that's it. I was just like, I was in a battle against myself, like always, you know. Um, so yeah, it was a great club. And then I moved from there to, to Villa League. And that was again their youth policy and all was brilliant. We had some great players there, um, and the club was run really well. Like so, and but, I suppose uh, just finishing yeah. off for this line of questioning, you went back to Ireland. You went back to England. Did you grow up in that period? And is that why it worked out again when you went back to Birmingham? Then I was older. I wouldn't say I grew, uh, grew up. I've only started growing up in the last few years. That's been right. like. Um, in that space of being between 20, 25, I was, uh, I was older. Um, I would say I, I was a little bit more mature as you have to uh, become as you get older. But I wasn't, I wasn't living a good way of life, to be honest. I wasn't, um, yeah, I wasn't living my best life, you know. Um, yeah. I was very lucky and very blessed to get another opportunity to go away. So, yeah. Can I jump on to you there? Just uh, to yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll go back on to the to, to Birmingham days. And so you go back across, you get back involved with 
uh, probably straight into a senior setup almost that you hadn't experienced in, in, in England, never mind the Premiership before. What are those first couple of days like as you coming from? And I used to go to the League of Ireland games, you're quite a big fish in a small pond, we'll say, in, in the League of Ireland, but then jumping into a Premier League club. What does that look and feel like to you when you go back across? Yeah, Connor, I remember the first couple of days in training. I actually trained really, really well. I hit the ground running. Uh, the pitch we were training on was unreal. Uh, the players I was uh, training with were, were, were brilliant. All great standard players, and you're just going well. Uh, and we were championship then, um, and the past few months in that season, we got promoted. I scored the last day of the season, scored the second last day of the season. I got an assist on the last day of the season and scored another couple of goals. So I played a good part. It was just, yeah, I played a, a, um left side of midfield, which was new, apart from the time I was with, uh, with Paul Doolan League. So I was being prepared there for my future, you know, and at the, when I was playing for Paul Doolan, I, I was given out like internally that, I'm playing left wing, I'm like a second left back and all, but sure, look, a few years later, I'm playing the Premier League with, like, under Alec McLeish, and that's the exact role I kind of played, like I was a second left back, but yeah, it was just, I finished the season strongly with Pats, um, the t- 2008 season, and then just went over, and I was kind of ready, like, you know, I was, um, I hit the ground running, you know, um, so I, again, I was lucky, things were just right, I suppose, like, mm. And then we move into, I suppose, the you reach that pinnacle where you got obviously your your Ireland call up. You're you're in the squad with Ireland. You're kitting out for Ireland. I know I've I've heard rumours about it before, but I never got to ask somebody around. Obviously, what it was like working for Trapattoni. What was it like working under him? And how did his management style differ? I suppose to what you were used to with McLeish at Birmingham. Yeah, I think like football is a simple game. Like you know. Honest to God, like I think it's it's over complicated. I again, Trapattoni picked me. I think it, I remember like just how much of flavour the month he was, and then obviously when things turned, everyone turned on him like nearly. But um, yeah, we came in, we trained, we prepared for games, we watched videos, and people knew their roles, they knew what they were doing, and and. And that was kind of it. Yeah, I was no different. Like, you know, I understood um, anything that was asked. I don't know. Again, I trained really well. Anywhere I went, I trained probably better than, than I played in the games. Um, trained really well. Left an impression, obviously, on the staff and on the players and stuff like that. Uh, the same at Birmingham. I'd say some of the eyebrows would have been raised. Like, um, where did he come from? Like, you know, so... Um, I think it's always important to, to make an impression in training and I did and again yeah I was picked again I was picked again for Ireland and like that I kind of I didn't feel the, the, the want and, and the need to kind of stand me ground when asked about Trapattoni because at one stage he was a hero national hero and then he wasn't and then there's like like players are very selfish as well, by the way, me included. Like as a player, we'll always look to blame someone else, like, you know, instead of right. actually looking and going, do you know what? He didn't do enough there. I knew yeah. what he was doing, but it's easy then to kind of go, oh, nobody knew what he was saying. Oh, that's all nonsense. Like, it really yeah. is, like, you know. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch on staying on the on the Ireland um, setup. Uh, so the 2012 Euros, so obviously. You you have a great run up to it. You you're in the squad for it, and then all of a sudden you get hit by injury, and end up not going. Is that kind of one thing that you would stand out in your career that you just like you would have loved to kind of go and participate in that? Yeah, I like that. I looking back on it, I probably dodged the bullet as we didn't really do well over there. Um, I know. And just myself personally, again, I was struggling with with injuries that year, and I played a lot of games and. I, I, I tried to get myself back to a certain level and I just told me Brian straight away nearly excuse me when I met up at the um, what was it, it was, in the, it was in training the first day I think back so yeah look it just it wasn't to be it was part just part of unfortunately or fortunately it was part of my story and yeah. I was devastated but um, yeah just yeah, it's one, one of them things isn't it just, just one of them things, you know you can't have it all like and 
I suppose like the career that I did have as well with Ireland, like I, I left a decent impression. Like I, I scored three goals, I um had sixteen caps and stuff. So it's not bad, like you know. It's so, brilliant, like like yeah. you, you talk about like players getting caps, and you always hear so many really really good players, and they, they never get the cap to break in and actually get the cap is is like such a proud moment. I know you were saying that you, you obviously your thing was you got in the squad, you were looking to the next to stay in the squad, like. So like you have to kind of stop and look at it, look at what you've done, and say to yourself, you know what, that was a really proud moment. I know you couldn't enjoy it at the time, but now, like in hindsight, looking back, do you do you feel that that proudness of yourself? Like do you do you kind of pat yourself in the back sometimes, or do you are you still kind of very now I'm looking to something else? Like yeah, no, Colin, it's a good question because I'd always be I'd be mindful when I'm trying to give myself credit, like you know, like. Yeah. I'm holding these rosary beads and I wouldn't be here without God, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have the, the abilities in football without uh, the gifts being given from, from somewhere else, like, you know, so I always give credit to something else and it's just easier that way, you know? I yeah. know what I'm, I, I'm also capable of as well, like, you know, yeah. I, I, I know what we're, we're capable of as, as human beings as well, so I'll just be mindful that, look, um, I'm extremely grateful, I was lucky, I did work hard you know, and, and I try and uh, try and now just walk in uh, relation with uh, our creator rather than um, cool, yeah. uh, so look, uh, look, Keith, I think we'll wrap up now in the, kind of in the next couple of minutes, but I do want to just jump on to Paddy real quick because I, I think Paddy may have one or two more questions and then we'll sorry, Keith, yeah, um, <laughs> the graphics there. Um, you see, in the Premier League nowadays, and all the players are walking around with their hands over their mouth so the cameras can't catch what they're saying. Um, we had uh, Pico Lopez on last week and he had a great story about um, when he was playing against Slatan um, asked him to show him his balls and. You've played against some of the best players in the world. Have you got any good stories about, you know, one of these players that we see on the telly every week? You know, a good funny story. And not not, not watch seeing your balls now, but I, I, <laughs> I don't have any stories for you, lads. Apologies there, but I don't have right. I don't, there was never one for stories or, or anything like that, you know what I mean? So if you don't ask, you don't get. I thought I'd just ask. <laughs> right. Uh Key, I think I think we're gonna wrap it up there because we're we're coming up towards the arrow mark there. So um look, I suppose on behalf of myself, the lads won't say a massive thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to see you doing so well as well. Um, obviously we have it on on the Instagram and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll keep in touch anyway. But um, delighted delighted to have you on. Um, just for anybody that is watching, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, make sure you hit subscribe, follow. Um, also next, actually this week is a kind of a special week, I suppose, because we have another podcast on Sunday. We have Shane McFall who's over in. Uh, America at the moment, so he'll be on on Sunday. Um, so look, I want to say again a massive thanks from all of us for coming on, and uh, we will see everybody next week at half eight on Tuesday night. So uh, see you then.